Hi everyone, welcome to Notes of Hope on Mental Health. My name is Linnea Baker and today we are going to talk about what the difference is between being lazy and being depressed. So welcome everybody. Um, my name is Linnea and I am a mental health therapist. I'm also an inspirational speaker and educator on mental health. And I'm also um, a musician. Um, I'm a singer, songwriter, and piano artist. And um, in episode one of my podcast, you can hear my personal story. Um, what makes me unique is that I'm not only just a counselor, but I have been through um, a mental health struggles personally, so I know the path, I know what helps, what doesn't help, and I want to give insight to those who have a loved one who may be struggling with mental health or depression of any kind, and also um, I want to give support to those of you who are struggling. Um, to give you some practical strategies and treatment plans and coping skills and mostly to let you know you are not alone. So um, one of the questions I get a lot from people of all ages actually is uh, what is the difference between someone being lazy and someone being depressed? Um, A lot of times it It comes from uh, parents who have young adults or teenagers who they think are lazy. Um, But also it comes, the question also has come from uh, spouses um, who see their loved one not uh, pulling their weight around the house or able to keep a job or um, they're concerned because they haven't uh, taken a shower. their hygiene, their loved one's hygiene has kind of gone on hiatus. Also, um, the question comes from a lot of people who are struggling themselves and because they are feeling so much guilt and shame and they want to know if they are lazy because many times if we grow up as a child depressed Um, or even if it hits in high school or later on, we will hear from our peers, from teachers, from parents, um, constant criticism, and that becomes our inner critic voice. Um, If we're not able to get up for school, or if we miss a lot of school, we're ridiculed by teachers and peers. Um, I personally was ridiculed so much Um, probably from fifth grade on um, more so in of course like uh, middle school and high school even college um, because I missed so much school I was told I would never amount to anything Um, I was told by my grandparents that I needed to stop being lazy I couldn't do simple tasks because I physically just couldn't do it. But I thought I had a character defect. 
And so many people will look at depression symptoms as character defects. And right now I want to put out there, and I say this all the time, you'll get tired of hearing me say it, but depression is not a character defect. It is not a spiritual deficit. It is not an emotional weakness. Depression of any kind, no matter if it's genetically caused or if it's situations or caused by divorce or loss or grief, whatever it is, it is a physical illness. Depression is a physical illness that manifests symptoms physically, emotionally, and mentally, period. So physically, it it, um, of course, it changes the neuroplasticity in the brain. It affects the brain. It can even affect the uh, blood chemistry. Um, and there's a lot of other physical symptoms, um, like headaches and joints and neck pain and back pain. That actually is a sign, a physical symptom of depression. Um, so I want to get that out there. Laziness. <laughs> First of all, I want to say laziness is not a crime. It's healthy to give yourself or your loved one, your spouse, your kids permission to be lazy. The main difference is depression is not a choice. People with depression do not want to feel depressed. They hate feeling unproductive. They feel guilt. They feel shame. Laziness is a choice. It's seeing that your apartment or your house is a disaster or your bedroom. You see the mess and it's like maybe you had a long day um, and you're just not up to cleaning it. So you choose to not clean it. Maybe you just want to watch Netflix and chill. Um, maybe you just want to have a mental health weekend and just do nothing. And you know what? That's actually healthy to do for yourself. We don't always have to be doing something or being productive. So the biggest difference is laziness is a choice, which is not a bad choice all the time. Depression is not a choice. The second thing is, is laziness feeling lazy is temporary. It's a light emotion that will go. Um, it'll go away. It passes, usually within a day or two. And with depression, the symptoms have to last at least two weeks or longer. Um, I wanted to say that in my previous uh, podcast, that I talked about the seven main types of depression. And in this podcast, I'm talking about depression as a whole. Um, because it doesn't matter what type of depression it is. Um, it's all a physical illness and it's not a choice. And uh, some of the symptoms may uh, overlap with each other and some of them are uniquely different and also 
you know, some of the symptoms I know of feeling lazy and, and feeling depressed, maybe those symptoms look exactly the same, but laziness will go away. And it's a choice. Again, if you're trying to figure out, is it laziness or if it's depression? It has to last at least two weeks to be depression. And to recap about um, the seven main types of depression, um, the seven are major depression, which uh, is also called clinical depression, persistent depression, uh, which is a um, more of a mild depression, and it's when someone may have like a melancholy personality, uh, but they don't have any highs, yet nothing real low. It's kind of very mediocre feeling, um, and it can start in childhood. Not necessarily has to, but. Persistent depression just means it's always there. And someone with persistent depression can also get major depression. Um, and when that happens, it's called double depression. Um, so it can be very severe. So uh, the first two major depression, which is clinical depression, uh, persistent depression bipolar depression, seasonal affective depression, uh, premenstrual depression disorder, and postpartum depression disorder. And in some of the upcoming podcasts, I will dedicate um, a podcast to each one so you can get uh, more information on those. So some of the, the symptoms of depression that needs to last at least two weeks or longer um, is an overall sense of just feeling hopeless, um, stomach problems, headaches. Uh, someone may have lots of joint problems or back and neck problems. Um, they may think about death quite a lot. Um, they feel like they're in survival mode. They can't concentrate. Uh, they have a feeling of chronic fatigue all the time. Uh, they sleep a lot or they have trouble sleeping. Um, they overeat or they don't eat at all. Uh, they lost interest in um, their hobbies that they used to enjoy doing. Um, Maybe uh, the person looks like they're doing things more slowly. Um, I know for myself, I move a lot slower. I talk slower. Um, arms and legs, your limbs can feel physically weighed down. Um, a main symptom of depression can be irritability and anger for no reason. Um, and a person feels deep sadness for no reason. Um, and many times a depressed person will isolate. Um, and they also have memory problems, agitation. Um, they're easily distracted. They can't make decisions. Um, 
So these are just some of the main symptoms and you do not have to have every single one of them um, to be actually diagnosed with the depression. So the one thing is, is depression, to actually be medically diagnosed is a good thing because it is an illness that can be treated. So there is so much hope and I can't tell you enough how much uh, hope I needed when I was severely depressed. And treatment depends on the severity of your depression and what type of depression you may have. Um, Talk therapy, support groups, and medication or medication are very effective ways to treat depression. And again, it depends on the severity. Um, And medication is not a lifelong thing. For some it may be, but for some it can be temporary. And especially antidepressants, they help you function and they are non-addictive and they were a lifeline for me and they still are. Um, So I just want you to know that there's no shame in reaching out for help for those things. Um, One of the uh, 13th century poets, Rumi, he talked about feelings and emotions and he compared them as visitors. So it's easy to get caught up in dark emotions, but at the same time, if you fight them and suppress them and bury them, it can cause more depression. So it's important to um, be able to get to a point to just accept darker emotions, notice that they're there, and take a moment not to try to change them, but just allow them to be because they're gonna pass eventually. But over time, research has proven in the Journal of Personality and uh, Social Psychology, uh, there is hard evidence that proves that accepting darker emotions and not denying them helps blunt their edges so they don't torment us as much and don't cause as much physical pain. And they actually help us to become emotionally resilient. And um, there's a great talk therapy called acceptance and commitment therapy. And uh, that is rooted in that type of thinking. So that is a part of having self-compassion and self-care. But if you have a loved one who looks like they're lazy, maybe they're able to function a little bit. Maybe you notice that they're watching a lot of TV or lots of movies. They may even be able to carry a conversation. Um, Maybe they're just barely functioning at work or school, but maybe not 
able to keep up their hygiene quite as much. If that's still going on, or even if their hygiene is still okay, um, and they're just barely functioning to get through days, um, if this is going on for more than two days, this is most likely depression. Um, so like the flu, there's different severities. So it's important not to put guilt on your loved one, your kids, your spouse, your friends. If they're unable to take a shower or wash the dishes or do chores or do homework, um, I would really dig deeper to make sure that um, they're doing okay. And if you can, the best thing you can do is if you're the one struggling each day in your phone or um, in a journal, just write down like on a scale from one to five, one feeling horrible, five feeling great, how you felt that day. And if uh, just to keep track of where you are and if you're up to it, write down the symptoms you're having. It's much easier to do that when you're in the middle of it. You're more aware of it. So um, if you're unable to do that and you are the loved one who is watching your friend or family member struggle, then take notes yourself of their symptoms, of what they're able to do, what they're not doing, especially how long it lasts, if they're irritable, if they're rageful, um, if they're sleeping a lot or not sleeping. That's going to help your doctor um, give you a correct diagnosis. So, and for those who are struggling, you are not alone. This is not a character flaw, no matter what you've been told. Um, I just want you to know that because I know when I was in school as a young girl, I was already struggling with my self-esteem. And um, so feeling guilt from teachers and peers, that was really, really hard for me. And so um, just know that you're not alone. And the best thing you can do, it's one of the hardest things you can do too, is communicate with your family if you can, or your very close friends, or your spouse, or what, whoever it is who you trust. Say, hey, I know I look like I'm doing fine, I'm laughing, I'm talking to you right now, I'm watching my favorite sitcom with you right now and laughing, but this is all, a, it's not real. I am just in survival mode. Be honest and say, I may look fine, but on the inside, I need your support and love because I'm really struggling. And you're going to get some kickback. They're going to say, what are you talking about? You're fine. You'll be okay. Snap out of it. So many people say insensitive things without even realizing it. But if you can communicate and let them know so 
if you do slide down that slippery slope, they'll have some kind of awareness. And many times, you know, my coping mechanism for depression is music. I write a lot of music then. I listen to music. Um, but um, besides my, my spiritual walk with God and taking nature walks every day, which really helped me, um, humor is one of the best coping skills for me. So I will binge watch an entire, I don't know, seven seasons of like Frasier, one of my favorite sitcoms, or Modern Family, or something like that. Um, because laughter, it actually produces endorphins that give you that little high. And it also helps you forget a little bit about your depression sometimes. If I'm even unable to laugh or feel any kind of endorphin rush from watching a sitcom, then I know I'm in trouble. But if you see a friend just binge watching movie after movie or something like that, um, that's also a coping skill. So self-education is key. So I just want to end on that and say that, um, again, the main difference is laziness is a choice. Uh, depression is not a choice. Laziness is not a crime. It's fine. Depression can be a serious illness, so it's important to get help if you're feeling depressed. And also, laziness passes within a day or two. And depression lasts at least two weeks or longer. So I hope this information helps some of you. And I'm so glad that you're here. And I look forward to talking to you next time on my podcast here, Notes of Hope on Mental Health. Thanks, guys.